Welcome to Teaching Thursdays, an edition of the Better Bible Reading Podcast with Kevin Morris. If you enjoy the show and want to know of a way that you can support this show and help me build a better study material for you, then please consider becoming a patron. You can do that by going to patreon.com and choose from one of three different support tiers where you get exclusive content and you'll also be the first to enjoy all of the upcoming things that I plan to release, including video courses and even books. So go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash better Bible reading and you can find out more all about that. This particular show is brought to you by my supporters on Patreon.com, so thank you so much for your support, those of you who are patrons, helping make this show and others like it possible for you to enjoy. Well, I mentioned last time on Teaching Thursdays that we are embarking on a brand new study that I am very excited about because... uh, It's going to be a very long time for us to get done, which means I don't have to come up with new material for you. No, just kidding, but all joking aside, I'm very excited about this because we are embarking on a long, a slow and steady study through Theoretical Practical Theology, Volume 1, written by Peter Van Maastricht. I introduced this to you last time on Teaching Thursdays. If you missed that, you can go back to uh, the last episode on Teaching Thursdays uh, entitled uh, Systematic Theology for Everyone, because this particular book is volume one in Peter Van Maastricht's Systematic Theology. This book is noted as one of the most important by multiple people One such person is Jonathan Edwards, who said that this book, uh, apart from the Bible, is the most significant book ever written, period. And so, somebody like Jonathan Edwards, who is such a deep thinker, uh, doesn't tend to speak in uh, exaggeration. I think he really meant what he said, uh, because this book was so influential to him, and he saw it as something that can really help anybody who is a pastor or a student of the Word uh, develop a much greater appreciation for the Bible. Um, We chose this book to start going through for our our Teaching Thursdays, our next study series that we're doing since we finished up 1 Peter. Uh, This book I chose because it seems to encompass Uh, the best of all things when it comes to systematic theologies. And that's part of that title, Theoretical Practical Theology. Um, You have many different systematic theologies that have been written throughout church history. In the Reformed or Presbyterian world, uh, just a couple examples would be uh, Charles Hodges' Systematic Theology, uh, which was probably uh, the standard text uh, for Princeton Seminary for quite a long time, uh, written because of the fact that his go-to, Francis Turretin, uh, was still not available in English at the time. Now, now it is. Uh, Francis Turretin's Institutes of Elinctic Theology. And so the story goes that Charles Hodge... Uh, writes his systematic theology in English uh, to counteract the fact that his students 
uh, got to the point where all these upcoming students didn't know Latin anymore, so they couldn't read Francis Turretin, so Charles Hodge writes his own. If you want to rewind even before that, uh, we could go to Calvin's uh, Institutes on the Christian of the Christian Religion. Um, you'll notice, if you have good eyesight, because I kind of showed these really quickly, that these are all just uh, single volumes from a multi-volume set. So Francis Turretin comes in three volumes. Uh, you may be able to find Calvin in one, uh, but some of the more classic ones are two volumes. Charles Hodges in three volumes. This book by uh, Peter Van Maastricht is set to be the first of seven volumes. Now, I don't know that we're going to go through all seven. Uh, part of the reason for that is because they haven't even been all seven translated into English yet. And so we only have, I think, the first three, uh, maybe the fourth volume is, is, is forthcoming very soon. But we're going to be spending our time in volume one. And so please don't get overwhelmed and think, oh man, I have to go buy seven volumes uh, to just plow my way through, because we're going uh, slow and steady through volume one, which is prolegomena. I mentioned that that word means uh, kind of foundations or, or the first things or initial things to address before getting into it. So uh, if you wanted to put that in, uh, a way of thinking that might make sense. It's almost establishing the rules of the game before you start the game. That's that's somewhat of of what prolegomena means, um, and it's really helpful for us because Peter Van Maastricht's prolegomena is going to help us understand the big idea behind theoretical practical theology, so we understand what we're talking about when we're dealing with a, a three-word-long title, Theoretical Practical Theology. So, um, good news is, if you didn't miss the last episode on Teaching Thursdays, um, don't feel like you're too late to the party on this episode, because we're not actually going to start our study of the book on this episode. I mentioned that we're going to be starting our study of this book uh, getting t closer towards Thanksgiving. Uh, but in the meantime, instead of just doing random one-off episodes on Teaching Thursdays until then, what I wanted to do is help us understand and appreciate how this book came to be and maybe orient our minds uh, in a way that will be helpful for us to enjoy this book to its uh, greatest extent possible. And the way that I want to do that is by dealing with the introductory matter um, you know, all the things that we tend to skip when we read books, uh, this particular book has upwards of like, I don't know, close to 60 or almost 50, 50, 60 pages worth of introductory material. You have, uh, the editor's preface, abbreviations, translator's preface, um, a biographical sketch of Peter Van Maastricht, his life and work. Um, and a funeral uh, ceremony that was recorded, a uh, funeral oration for him once he passed away. So we have a whole lot of stuff here that we could really dive into. When we get to a book like this, it's easy to feel overwhelmed because of the fact that when you look at the very front, you see that it's volume one, which tells you there's going to be more. Uh, you have a title, 
that doesn't really roll off the tongue, theoretical, practical theology. Then you have the subtitle of what this volume one is, Prolegomena, which if you're not uh, ingrained in the theological world, you may have never even heard of that word before. And then when you actually get to this man, Petrus van Maastricht, uh, you almost have to figure out how to say his name because it's clear that this is not an English name. And so we could uh, get discouraged by that. Then you go down further and see it's it has a translator and an editor. So there's so, but besides the fact that it just looks nice and, and sleek, there's so much uh, going against us at this point that you probably won't find it unless you're just a uh, collector of theological works. If you just walked into a bookstore and saw it, you probably wouldn't gravitate towards it and say, this is, this is what I need, and grab it. And so, again, I, I, I talked about this just a little bit uh, last time, but it, it will be beneficial for us to ask the question, why this book? And instead of just hearing my argument for why this book, I'd like to have the editor and translator of this book tell us. I'd like to have them speak and and tell us why it is that they have invested in this uh, long project that is still ongoing. It's already years into it, but it is still ongoing until we get all of the volumes translated um, out of Latin and Dutch into English. So first and foremost, um, this, this is reading the editor's preface, uh, which takes place at the very beginning of, of the book, once you get past the table of contents. This is written by Joel Beakey, who is um, over the uh, Dutch Reformed Translation Society, as well as uh, the founder of Puritan Reformed Theological Seminary, and he also is the founder of Reformation Heritage Books, which is where I told you you should get this book and uh, really support their effort in that way, although you can find it on Amazon and elsewhere as well. He tells us why we should be uh, interested and excited about, about this work. Uh, so first and foremost, Peter Van Maastricht, uh, his time frame is 1630 to 1706. So he is right in the heart of what we call the Further Reformation, the Dutch Further Reformation. And simply what that means is it's that time period uh, immediately following the Reformation. So we talked recently about the Protestant Reformation. We just celebrated it, October 31st. Um, and we think about the big names like Luther, uh, Ulrich Zwingli, John Calvin, um, these are all guys in that immediate era. They're, they're within a generation of each other in terms of time, and that's taking place in um, the beginning to mid-1500s. Well, you have a few generations that pass, and this is really what's known as the next era. This is after the Reformation. Protestantism has started to, to take off. The, the embers have have started to spread, and you have this true uh, igniting um, that has happened, and it's spreading all throughout Europe, and um, the Reformation works its way uh, to uh, the Dutch-speaking world, and Peter van Maastricht is a Dutch theologian who studies under um, Gisbertus Votius, or Votius, and he's the leading scholar of the Dutch Further Reformation. 
and becomes his successor. So we could say by that that when it comes to the next era of the Reformation following the big names like Luther and Calvin, Peter Van Maastricht is the student of the Calvin of that day, of the Luther of that day. And towards the end of his life, he is in um, all accounts of the Reformation in Holland and elsewhere, that he is um, the Calvin or the Luther of that era. And so this man here is not just a random guy that we can't seem to pronounce his name. In some ways, he gets eclipsed by uh, a man like Luther or Calvin. Or because uh, perhaps we don't have a whole lot of knowledge about uh, the Reformation in Dutch-speaking areas, um, that the Netherlands and elsewhere, that we um, simply don't know much about him. And then because of the fact that until now, the work that we have, theoretical practical theology, wasn't even available in English, except for small portions that were translated here or there, we have almost no reason to know of him unless we're just very uh, familiar with uh, the history of Christianity, especially the history of the Reformation. And so, the first thing we need to know is this is the guy who studies under the leading scholar of that time and becomes the leading scholar of that time as well. Now, before you get lost, because most of you um, are not scholars, uh, most of you are not uh, pursuing theological inquiry as a profession. You're not spending your time uh, translating Dutch and Latin and reading all of these uh, centuries-old theologians uh, in your free time or to earn money. Uh, you're just bounced onto this podcast, maybe you're a long-time listener, maybe not, and say, yeah, I'd like to get better at Bible reading. This seems like the right podcast for me. This seems like the right YouTube channel for me. Why in the world should I care about the academic credentials? Well, this work is significant according to uh, Joel Beakey because it combines a rigorous biblical and scholastic, so academic, treatment of doctrine with the pastoral aim of preparing the reader to live for God through Christ. That idea, that practical aim, is really where that idea of theoretical, practical theology comes into play. What we're going to find out is that Peter Van Maastricht takes all of the big idea, all of the scholarly, all of the academic, all of the investigative ideas of theology, and he boils them down every single time, all throughout, all seven volumes, to that practical aim. And he does so not because he's a leading scholar, but he does so also because in his life he was a teacher and pastor. And so he's trying to teach us with all of these things that we cover and that we will cover together, how they relate and how they prepare us to live for God through Jesus Christ. That to me is a beautiful idea that sometimes is missing when we think about theology. I've heard it said before that 
theology, when it's studied, when it's in the systematic way, is all about the mind, it's all about knowledge, and it's nothing to do with the heart. Now, I don't think that's a fair assessment, but in some ways we can't blame people for not wanting anything to do with theology because it seems like it puffs up so many people. Uh, recently, uh, my pastor was talking about in one of his sermons how young guys like me, maybe a little bit younger, stumble into this big idea of Reformed theology. We didn't grow up in a Reformed church. We didn't grow up learning and reading from guys like Luther and Calvin. And all of a sudden, we discover this idea of Reformed theology. But the Reformers who taught it because they saw it to be biblical and they saw it to be the truth of what the Bible teaches get missed or they get eclipsed by the simply stimulating philosophical pursuit that guys like me want to become interested in. In other words, theology becomes a knowledge enterprise that never makes it to the heart. It becomes all about learning and all about saying the right thing and saying the words in the right order and being as precise as possible. But meanwhile, our hearts are totally um, absent from it. And most importantly, a heart for Christ is totally absent from it. And it should never be that way. But unfortunately, when people stumble into things like this, many people get excited. Oh, I've never heard the name Peter Van Maastricht. Oh, it seems like it's hard to spell. It's hard to pronounce. Uh, Prolegomena, I've never heard about that. And it just becomes this intellectually stimulating thing. Whereas we learn at the very outset of why these guys took up the task of translating and editing and bringing this book to us is most importantly not for the knowledge in and of itself, but because in his writing, he's helping us to prepare to live for God through Christ Jesus. That's actually his definition of theology, is living to God through Jesus Christ. So practical at every aim, every one of his uh, angles that he's getting at is, is not simply the mind, but it's, it's the heart. And that should make a huge different, uh, difference for us whenever we think about a book like this. So Van Maastricht, he has a four-pronged approach, is what Joel Beakey says. He has an exegetical approach, a dogmatic approach, an elenctic approach, and a practical approach. This is what he does. So he, in every instance, he moves from the text of Scripture to doctrinal formulation to experiential and practical application to edify readers. So when we cover the A to Z of doctrinal topics, which is really what a systematic theology is, we're covering the A to Z, um, when he's doing that, on every single instance, He's going to begin with an exegetical approach. What that means is, he's going to say, where in the Bible do we go to primarily as the primary source? What is it in the Bible that helps us to have this conclusion about baptism, about God being all-knowing, about God being eternal, about heaven? 
all of these topics, right, all of the big ideas of Christianity begins exegetically. In other words, is there a, are there grounds for us to believe this from the Bible itself? That's the exegetical approach. Now, after the exegetical approach, he moves to the dogmatic approach, which means what is the actual doctrine that's derived from the exegetical method. So, in other words, when we think about a doctrine like justification by faith alone, like sola scriptura, like the Bible, the scriptures are the chief and supreme authority, like predestination, all of these uh, doctrines, all of these systems of doctrine are derived from that exegetical approach. In other words, there's a verse that supports this. There's a verse that brings us to this dogmatic conclusion. The third one, the elinctic approach. Now, Francis Turretin is probably the most uh, popular guy around that word elinctic because he writes his Institutes of Elinctic Theology. And what that simply means is the argument or the defense of it, or um, we could even say polemical. So you hear about uh, polemics. That's the arguing in the uh, this view versus this view. Now, it shouldn't be seen in a, in a combative way or in a negative way, but really what Elinctic is getting at is answering objections. Why is it this, not that? Why does this stand even though this verse seems to say this. That's the elinctic approach. So it's proving the doctrine. It's proving the biblical interpretation. Exegetical, dogmatic, elinctic. Fourth, and most importantly, practical. So in all of these, we're going to see Peter Van Maastricht, as we work our way through this book, give us the exegetical defense the dogmatic defense, the elinctic defense, and then finally he's going to say in terms of practice, how does this help us live for God? What difference does this make and should it make in our hearts, in our lives? How do we apply this doctrine that we just see as being true because of what the Bible says, that it lends itself to this system of theology and not this one? that it is a better answer for these objections than these other viewpoints. What difference does that make in our lives? I think it's not that this practical aspect is absent in Francis Turretin or in John Calvin or in Charles Hodge, but it's that it's so crystal clear and so pursued uh, at a rate by Peter Van Maastricht that seems to be uh, unmatched. Okay, so maybe just a couple more things uh, to mention. That's the big idea of uh, what Joel Beakey, who's the uh, chief editor of this project, wants us to understand how this book flows, why they um, took up this effort. And now just a couple things quickly from uh, Todd Reister, who is the uh, translator. So he says, Peter Van Maastricht is trying to um, communicate to us this concern uh, 
this high regard for God, for preaching, for scripture, for doctrinal orthodoxy, and personal godliness. So, I do know that what he's doing through this is he's consulting uh, primarily the Latin translation, but then he's also consulting the later Dutch translation that came out. So, Latin in that time was the Greek of the Roman Empire, where you had a common language, but in this case, Latin was the academic language for theological discourse. Not so much anymore, but it's fascinating at least to see the way that it functioned. Uh, but, But Todd is taking that Latin work and the later Dutch translation and using both of those. So he's he's a pretty impressive guy here. So he he is an American and he's uh, very well learned and he's doing all of this consulting the Latin, consulting the Dutch and bringing it to us in English. So many nuances. You can read his preface in its entirety uh, to see the kind of things that he had to deal with, uh, but I won't go into all that here. Um, but still, he's doing all of this. So fascinating to me. He's doing all this because of the fact that this work has such a high regard for God, for preaching, for scripture, for doctrinal orthodoxy, and personal godliness. So all of these incredible efforts of academic accomplishment are being done for very simple and yet profound means for us uh, to help us understand the high regard for God, the high regard for preaching, and, and so on and so forth. So, the, the, the stilted academic uh, responsibility uh, is not ever meant to eclipse the, the simple and personal effect that this book has. And, the, and it's for that personal effect that this book has had on them that they have uh, endeavored to bring it to us. So, he says that Van Maastricht tries to integrate um, all of his strands in this interwoven fabric and takes on a pastoral endeavor in the service of believing and living to God. You can hear a lot of the same phraseology between him and Joel Beakey, who is the uh, chief editor of this project, that what's fascinating to them is the fact that uh, Peter Van Maastricht is taking wearing the pastor hat. So this is high academics. This is uh, high, this is a systematic theology, right? It's not just a written sermon or something like that. But he's communicating it to us and teaching us with the hat of a pastor, not first and foremost um, a professor or a or a theologian. Um, another thing that we learn through this is. Um, Maastricht wants to see in this that human reason must be tested and forged anew by God through the scriptures. So this is very much conservative Protestant Reformation orthodoxy here, that sola scriptura, that that the Bible is the chief authority. And so we don't take a view of the Bible like the liberal theology of Van Maastricht's day in the 1600s, or in our day in the 21st century, um, that human reason stands over against 
the Bible, and human reason dictates what the Bible means or what is incompatible with our cultural or political viewpoint. Instead, it's the other way around, that that human reason has to be forged anew. Thinking here of Romans 12, 1 and 2, this idea of being uh, of our minds being renewed daily to to understand the things of God. And this is the big idea for Van Maastricht. He's presenting all this to us uh, with with an idea that hopefully um our human reason will be transformed. There's that idea that it goes beyond the mind and the transformation of the heart to take place. Now certainly uh, this is something that only God can do. It's not something that this man can do or another man can do. Uh, But you have to realize that a work like this is going to be um, deeply committed to uh, Bible content. And so it is the scriptures where uh, we hear the word of Christ, where God uh, works in our hearts. And so we're going to be interacting with scripture, not just what somebody's opinion says, but what the Bible says and what we should conclude from that. And that whole idea of concluding uh, what the Bible says is that practice of human reason being forged anew by the Bible. So there's that process, and and then the, the practical conclusion that comes as a result. And so, just very... Very quick mentions there from Joel Beakey, who is the uh, chief editor of this project, and and Todd, uh, I said Todd Reister, um, I think that's how you pronounce it, although it's spelled like Rester, so my apologies if I uh, mispronounce his last name, uh, who's the chief translator. Uh, Both of these men, uh, we should give thanks to God for, because um, in the year... Uh, 2021, we now have access to this volume and at least two more up to this point of this recording uh, in the English language for the first time ever. And again, just to read what uh, Jonathan Edwards said about this, that it is, uh, he says, take Maastricht for divinity in general, doctrine, practice, and controversy, or as a universal system of divinity, and it is much better than Turretin or any other book in the world excepting the Bible, in my opinion. That's what Jonathan Edwards writes. Uh, January 15, 1747, that this work uh, was so significant to him, and he saw it as the best book available, period, outside of the Bible. And so, whether or not that is your conclusion by the time we're done studying this book, I at least hope that that brief introduction from the editor and translator to help us appreciate why they're bringing this book to us, why I'm choosing this book for our study on Teaching Thursdays, and why you should get a copy of this book. So you still have time. You can find it on Amazon. I would encourage you to go to Reformation Heritage Books. Um, and get a hold of it, because that's who the publisher is, and I think it's important to uh, support them. Uh, their prices are very reasonable. I uh, just recently looked last week, there was a sale on this book. I think it was like $27 at the time, 
but either way, I haven't seen it uh, any more than maybe 30 and change. So very affordable for how valuable it is, according to Jonathan Edwards and according to me. <laughs> so please get a copy of it. You still have a couple weeks from this point until we begin our study. And we are going to go slow and steady through this book. This very first volume has 211 pages. And so we're only going to be tackling a handful of pages at a time on each episode. And so you will not be lost, and we will be able to appreciate everything that's there. But please get a copy of... Theoretical Practical Theology, Volume 1, Prolegomena, by Peter Van Maastricht. And we will study through this together, our first systematic theology study, and probably the only one because of how long it's going to take us, but I trust um, that God will give us a great appreciation for His Word, and we will be uh, greatly encouraged by the work of a man who the Lord used, and a man who until very recently was not accessible in the English language. Look forward to another episode with you real soon, but until then, take care and thank you so much for listening.